1: with
0: Jason McIntyre.
4: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre, Straight Fire, for Thursday, September 2nd. Got a great interview today. I know a lot of fantasy football drafts are this weekend. This is like the big coming weekend for fantasy football drafts. My son has two leagues. Yes, he's a fifth grader. I have a draft tonight. I already had one of my big money drafts last weekend. Uh, It's fantasy football time, so we got a great guest today. Evan Silva he used to work at Roto World. I've known him for a while, had him on my radio shows. Um, he's great. He started a website called Establish the Run. This guy devours the preseason just so he can understand depth charts and see what's going on. It's great stuff. All, uh, most of your fantasy football questions will be answered. But first, listen, I just have a brief intro. And I'm getting really sick of talking about the COVID situation in sports. Like last year, we had an election in COVID and it was just like, gosh, please make it stop. And it wouldn't. And... You know, we got through the season. It was great. A couple hiccups, whatever. And folks, like, you know, you look at the stories in sports today, and the biggest ones involve COVID. They do. Uh, here's a headline Washington Nationals VP resigns over team's COVID vaccine requirement. This guy's 73 years old. 73. And he doesn't want to get the vaccine. Like, what, what are we doing here? Really? Seventy three. You don't want to get the vaccine. You'd rather quit your job than get the vaccine. And listen, if you if you're that, if you're that strong on it, go for it. Hey, more power to you, Mister Bob Boone, whose son is uh, Aaron Boone, who announced that he did get the vaccine. Um, so that's baseball. And then you go over to the NFL. Colts GM Chris Ballard reiterated he's a firm believer. Everybody should get vaccinated, and there are consequences. For unvaccinated players. There's consequences to not being vaccinated, Ballard said. Do I think everybody should be vaccinated? Absolutely. I'm for vaccine. Um, were a lot of the guys on our team who, for the vaccine? Is it 100% perfect? No, but it's a good thing. And listen, I, I'm not going to get into the Joe Rogan announcement where he made it on uh, Instagram. And I at last check, it was over th- approaching 4 million views that he announced he had COVID. He refused to get the vaccine. He just... You know, Joe Rogan is a nine-figure guy um, with his Spotify deal. So, yeah, he's going to get the best treatment on earth. Um, are you, Mr. Uh, you know, 34-year-old in Arkansas, are you getting the treatment Joe Rogan's getting? Are you getting that? <laughs> Wake up. Come on. Come on, guys. Joe Rogan is the, 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 one of those coastal elites who moved to Austin. Um, but he's getting the top treatment, the de- top whatever. He can just buy his way to health. Yeah. Um, Listen, it's just, it stinks that we're headed into football like this, but it feels like it's not going to be a story that goes away anytime soon. Um, And to each his own. If you don't want to get it, fine. Uh, On a personal level, uh, I I know my entire son's fifth grade is now on distance learning one week into the school year because of positive COVID tests. One week into the school year. And they're doing distance learning. The whole grade. (laughs) <laughs> like, come on. Like, I mean, again, these are You're 10 year olds, 10, 11 year olds. You can't get the vaccine at that age, but this stuff's not going away. Delta is going to be a problem. I I, I hope to uh, attend a football game this fall. Uh, I did not last year Went, to, did go to, I think I went to one Laker game. I had to wear the mask the whole time was not ideal. Football is outside a little different. Um, but uh, listen, I just want sports to come back. I just want it to be normal again. You guys know that feeling, right? Uh, but without further ado, listen, uh, I don't want to bring this up. I mean, I didn't even talk about the Urban Meyer one from earlier this week. Or Urban Meyer made a statement, and then he had to backtrack because the NFLPA are like coming after him. It's like, oh, come on. Guys, can we just do football? Can we please? At least college football. I will have college football picks on tomorrow's pod. Uh, if If you want a hint as to where I'm going with some of them, Go listen to the one with Preston Johnson last week. He gave out several picks for week one. Um, I'm, I'm fired up for the weekend. Should be fun. But let's get to uh, today's guest, Evan Silva from Establish the Run.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage,
1: Jason
0: likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
1: I know what sports fans
4: want.
0: But for everything he doesn't,
1: he knows a guy who
0: does. Let's just say
1: I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy.
4: All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire. He's been on the show before. Uh, I used to have him on my radio show back when I had a radio show before I uh, dropped it to focus on the podcast a little more he is i mean listen he's mr fantasy football i know matthew Barry does a lot but evan silva started his own shop established the run um he's great evan how are you man
5: jason it's good to be back with you this is our, this is our first time talking uh this year but um you know we finally some optimism for your jets
4: oh
1: gosh. it's been, <laughs> it's
5: been a, a really exciting preseason. i mean you know i ever since we had no preseason last year, like I'm not taking for granted the preseason ever again. And, uh, you know, we got to see five first round quarterbacks play, you know, a little bit a piece. And I think they all performed well in their own uh, areas. I'm really excited for the season.
4: I I can't believe you just said, we just saw a really exciting preseason. That's wild. But you get, (laughs) you get way into it because of the hardcore fantasy breakdowns. And like, I want to ask, obviously the preseason matters, but Evan, as gambling starts to bubble up and become very, very prevalent in football, how much do you yourself look at like the Vegas win totals? And how much are you looking at um, like football outsiders puts up like a, Hey, the DVOA was this. And then if you see, Mm -hmm. Oh, the Browns, I know they, they won 11 games last year and there should be regression, but look at their schedule. Holy hell. You better have some Browns on your fantasy roster. How much do you incorporate the gambling into what you do in fantasy?
5: Well, I, it's been a big part of my process for probably about eight years now. Um, when I started doing like team by team previews, where in the team by team previews, I'm looking at, you know, building, you take like a, a top down approach, a team based approach, and you think, hey, how many plays is this team going to run? Are they going to be playing from, from uh, behind or with a lead a lot? You know, is, should, we, should we bet uh, one side of, of their, uh, their sports book win total? Mm. And so that's been a, a big part of my process for a while. Oh. I think that the, the actual analysis of sports betting, I think it really took, started to take a turn last year in that direction. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really going to be veering in that direction. I think over the next couple of years, like a, a hard veer towards sports betting. And I, I I'm interested to see, will it start to cut into daily fantasy because daily fantasy to be good in daily fantasy it takes a lot of work. You know, you can't, you can't just sit down in a bar, press a button and, you know, think that you're going to trot out a good daily fantasy (laughs) team, you know, but you can do that for sports betting. And I'm telling you, you know, when I, when I hang out in restaurants in, in Chicago, I mean the, the table over and the table in front of me, it'll be, you know, 30 year old uh, guys talking about their bets, you know, and that's, that's become commonplace since, um, you know, since Illinois allowed uh, sports betting. So I, I think that that's absolutely the the way of the future. And we're, we're going to see see that veer really hard this year and, and, and in 2022.
4: All right. So you're a Chicago guy. I was just, you know, I'm doing a lot of stuff for Fox where I'm like breaking down games um, uh-huh. from a gambling perspective. And this, the, the Bears news this week, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to focus on Dalton versus Fields. I think everybody with a pulse thinks Fields should start um, and he'll yeah. eventually be in there in September. But, Evan, like, I'm just looking at this offensive line. It's got to be one of the five worst units in the league. And then the news that they dumped Desmond Trufant, who was, like, their big fill-in for Kyle Fuller. And I looked at their quarterback depth chart. Uh, Cornerback, sorry, corner. I mean, dude, they combined the four cornerbacks on the roster have zero interceptions. They're all, like, second- or third-year players. Like, Uh they're facing Matt Stafford and McVay in week one. On the road. Like, this could be – I don't know, man, this bears team's going to get, they're going to hemorrhage points against pass offenses, right? Yeah.
5: I mean, they can rush the passer a little bit, you know, they have so much money invested in Khalil Mack and and Robert Quinn um, and, and Akeem Hicks up front uh, and they're getting back Eddie Goldman. So they're going to be able to cause some disruption, but you know, in today's game, like you, you don't, you can't just have disruption. Like you have to have guys who can cover other guys and they've got Jalen Johnson and a whole lot of nothing behind him <laughs> at, at, at cornerback. And, and yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's going to be it's going to be a problem, um, especially because offenses have so embraced you know the, the quick hitting, get the ball out sort of 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 a uh, playing style. And the Rams, you know, they're bringing back all five starters on the offensive line. Yep. Um, they're they're heading into the season pretty healthy in their passing game. You know, Robert Woods. Uh, Cooper Cup, uh, Tyler Higby, the O line, Stafford—all these guys were healthy throughout training camp in the preseason. I know that they lost Cam Akers, and you know that that kind of hurt them, but not not from a passing game standpoint. And so, um, I, yeah, I think that they're going to come out and, and and lay it on the, the Bears. And I think yeah. that you know this this timeline for Justin Fields. I mean, he, he's got a, he's got. I, I think week two at home against Cincinnati is where the over under starts for him. And I don't think Dalton <laughs> makes it past uh, when the lions, uh, when the lions go to soldier field in week four, I think it's going to happen. Some the, the change is going to be made between weeks two and four.
4: Uh, so, so based on bears, secondary being awful, right? We know the lions defense pretty bad. You, one would think, Hey, let me, let me try to get a receiver or two from that division. And the problem then becomes is like, like I don't see any receivers on Detroit. You've been in a lot of fantasy drafts. Has anybody taken Tyrell Williams like at any point early in the draft? I mean, like first 12 rounds or whatever.
5: <laughs> not first 12 rounds. I mean, yeah. he'll he'll get drafted, you know, he'll get drafted in the um, you know, the the rounds 14 through 16. Okay. But I mean, he's not a separator. And, you know, Jared Goff is not necessarily, you know, the most aggressive quarterback when it comes to throwing, <laughs> throwing into tight windows. I T.J. Hawkinson needs to get 130 targets this year. DeAndre Swift needs to get, you know, 100. That's who they need to revolve their passing game around. But, you know, we've got some questionable guys making decisions in Detroit. And, you know, Anthony Lynn, I I I really respect him as a man. Um, You know, and and he he held that team that the Chargers team together from like a leadership standpoint. But strategically, I think he left a lot to be desired when he was um, the Chargers head coach. And then Dan Campbell is just, you know, sort of like a a motivator sort of coach. So I I don't don't know how they're going to do schematically. Allstate wants to remind fans that
0: mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats.
1: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their hand-cooked, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin.
2: TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch
1: all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
4: So look at a number two receivers, Evan. I I grabbed Russell Gage in a league and I I just have a feeling he could have a breakout year like Corey Davis did last year under Arthur Smith. The two tight end heavy sets. We know A.J. Brown was a monster last year, but Corey Davis kind of had finally a good year and now it's uh it looks like it's continuing with the Jets, but where are you on Russell Gage and the Falcons offense? I think
5: that Russell Gage is like a big maybe. Mm. Um, like looking at my top 150 rankings, he is like at 155. You know, he's like wow. just outside the, the top 150. Um, you know, he's not like the most talented guy. He's kind of limited to the slot. I just I think the answer here, Jason, and it's not a bad idea, but I think the answer here is that Calvin Ridley is like going to lead the NFL in air yards this year, and they're going to run so much play action under Arthur Smith, and he's going to be on the receiving end of those downfield targets off play action. And Kyle Pitts is going to really be the number two receiver, and they're going to run a ton of two tight ends and even three tight end sets. You know, they have Kyle Pitts, they're bringing back Hayden Hurst, They have. They even. They signed Lee Smith, who's essentially an offensive lineman, but he's going to end up playing like forty percent of the snaps Mm. because Arthur because of Arthur Smith's background with using multiple tight end sets. And so, I I think that Russell Gage can can maybe help you in a PPR league and maybe contribute here and there as a guy who can catch six seven balls in a given game, Uh, but he's not going to be a big play. Factor, but I mean, he's not a bad guy to have on the end of your bench.
4: Right, just stick with the Falcons, Evan. Where do you have yeah. uh, Mike Davis on your list? I mean, I don't think anybody expects yeah. him to be Derrick Henry. He is good, good. but it, it, if memory serves, he's often hurt. Uh, I, I just, yeah, is it worth picking up his running his backup as a, as a handcuff?
5: Well, the thing is that his backups stink. Oh. I mean, we're talking about Quadri Allison is the number two back in, in Atlanta, a third year player who didn't get on the field in his first two years. I mean that's not a good sign and you know they, they were up against the salary cap so they couldn't go really spend any money on RBs and you know they're sort of in like a half step rebuild situation so they're not going to trade draft picks for RBs and so they're just gonna they're just gonna run it out with Mike Davis and, and a bunch of scrubs behind him. <laughs> I, I think that that's good for Mike Davis though yeah because he's a lot better than Quadriolison and these other guys. And I have Mike Davis as RB 19. He's sort of um, a polarizing figure in the fantasy uh, in in fantasy because some people think that you shouldn't bet on these sort of mediocre guys only because you know they they project for volume, but other people understand that. You know, volume is the most important characteristic, and it looks like he, you know, as it pertains to running back fantasy success, you don't have to be a, a sensational talent to be a consistent RB2 in fantasy. I think he's going to catch a lot of balls this mm-hmm. year. I mean, that's one thing that is that Mike Davis has always been able to do is catch, He's a good receiving back. He's a, he's a big back, but he's a good receiving back. And in Atlanta, I think he could catch 50, 60 balls. Mm-hmm. I, the offense is not going to look, from a run pass standpoint, it's not going to look anything like uh, what, what, what Arthur Smith ran in Tennessee. From a formational standpoint, I think it will, but they're going to throw the ball a lot more yeah. uh, because that's where their talent is.
4: Right. Uh, I would, I, geez, I would agree with a lot of that bummer about Gage. Let me, uh, go to another, uh, you said the backup running back for the Falcon stinks. Uh, let's go to the Ravens real quick. They had, uh, their starter go down bummer for JK Dobbins. So everybody goes and drafts, Gus, the bus. I said, right. you guys can have Gus, the bus. I want to know who's his backup is. And I would mm-hmm. guarantee half the people listening to this podcast have never heard of Tyson Williams. Um, <laughs> yeah. he, I mean, like I, I got him late in my draft. Any thoughts on Tyson Williams? Because it sounds like he's going to be the number two back over Justice Hill.
5: Yeah, I think he's a great sleeper. Um, So he's a guy that he bounced around three colleges. He started at North Carolina. He wound up at – and then he went to South Carolina. And then he wound up at BYU, which is the craziest set of three colleges. (laughs) You know, just no correlation between South Carolina, North Carolina, and BYU. But then uh, as a senior – at BYU he um, he earned a starting job but then after four games he tore his ACL and you know he was done with college and he you know he had expired all his eligibility six months after the ACL tear he holds his own individual pro day at 220 pounds he runs 448 with a 681 three cone which is just insane numbers wow. for a 220 pound running back let alone a 220 pound running back 6 months removed from an acl tear. So this is what happened. The Ra- the Ravens are a very analytical organization and you know they just look at like for when they're trying to sign up the, uh, their undrafted free agents, they use a lot of just athletic scores. And so I guarantee you that he scored really high athletically on their like on their spreadsheets and they brought him in and he impressed and he stayed healthy. And, you know, he's worked really hard. And they they brought in Todd Gurley for a visit in June, but they're not going to sign Todd Gurley, they said. They're going to roll with Tyson Williams. And I think he could come out the gate in the Gus Edwards role, which was going to be, a hey, 10, 11 carries a game. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Gus Edwards is now in the, in the J.K. Dobbins role. Yeah. So I, I, Tyson Williams, and then if Gus Edwards goes down, all of a sudden yes. Tyson Williams is the lead back, in you know the best uh, rushing attack in the in the afc yeah. so tyson williams is an excellent sleeper i would even be willing to reach around above his adp to get him on my team like i would be willing to take him like 10th round right now
4: Ooh, that's spicy and, and you also said yeah. reach around which is always funny uh but the other thing about this is like when they're murdering teams because they can blow teams out like 35, right. six or whatever and that happens usually against the Bengals. yes Um, if they're doing that to say Denver in week three, uh, Tyson Williams is probably going to play the entire fourth quarter and they're going to be running the football. I would assume he's going to be like, I don't know, man, any chance he's a top 15 running back in fantasy this year.
5: Yeah. I mean, there's a chance, you know, these are the kind of guys that you want to take flyers on that, you know, people haven't heard of as, as you mentioned, um, you know, and they, they're just, they're in a great environment for their skill set, And that's what he landed in. I mean, he's, you know, he's. He's in position to be a, a big time factor. No, no question.
4: And, and when you look at uh, running games, another one that I expect, and you could feel free to disagree with me, but the decision to start Teddy Bridgewater to me signals that Fangio says, dude, I don't want to get fired. I, I'm going to play right. it safe. we got a loaded defense. We're going to run the ball, run the ball more, and then kick field goals. And I don't know. It feels to me like Javante Williams, a kid out of North Carolina, could be a big time factor in this Denver offense. Any thoughts?
5: Yeah, I think he might start a little bit slow because um, because Melvin Gordon is, like, still the starter. Okay. Um, so I, I think that he's going to start off sharing carries. But, man, if you listen to the coaching staff and, and you know, they, like over the years, like, look, there's a lot of coach speak that, that is out there, and you, and you can ignore a lot of it. But over the years, I mean, when, you know, I, I think I've been able to kind of pick up on coach speak that actually does matter. And, you know, Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio have come out just effusive about Javante Williams and how he's – he doesn't just, like, sit, like, in pass protection. And and older coaches like Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio love this stuff. In pass protection, he doesn't just sit there and catch the pass rusher. He goes and, you know, makes the pass rusher eat it. You know, like, he is a a violent – he's a violent runner. He's a violent player. He's excellent in the passing game. You know, and and over the course of the the season, I think that we're going to see him, you know, gradually overtake Melvin Gordon because it's just going to be clear that he's better than Melvin Gordon. Um, But I I think he might start out, you know, first couple of games only getting 10 to 14 touches. Mm -hmm. uh, And he's going to be I just think he's going to be somebody that you're going to have to be a little patient with.
4: Um, I, I like how you framed coach speak. Okay. What does the coach speak say to you about Elijah Moore of my jets? And I know some people are, are going to be like, oh, the jets are going to stink. But let me frame it this way, Evan. I look yeah. at that defense. I don't, I mean, the Carl Lawson loss is huge. The secondary yeah. is terrible. There right. are games where they're going to give up 30 points, but they're also going to be chucking with Jack Wilson. Right. So, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound like an idiot. I drafted Corey Davis and I got Elijah Moore later in the draft. Where are you what are you hearing on Elijah Moore?
5: Well, he was hurt for, you know, I mean the the initial um you know the initial rhetoric surrounding him was was awesome, you know, from from all the beat writers he's the star of practice every day. Then he was hurt for like quite a while. And uh and so he lost some of his luster. His his ADP in fantasy, you know, started to dip. And so now he, he becomes a value, I think. Um, I think he's back in practice now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I like, I'm going to be on jets overs this year. I am already on this over against the Panthers in week one. I, I got it at 43. It's already up to 44 and a half, nice. but I'm going to be on, on jets overs because they're still going to have the stigma of the jets, uh, you know, but they are, they're going to have to score. As you mentioned, they're not really going to be able to rust the passer. They can't really cover anybody. Mike LaFleur runs the Kyle Shanahan system. It's very quarterback friendly. They've got, you know, a dude in Zach Wilson who absolutely is willing to sling it. He's a good athlete. They've got Corey Davis and Elijah Moore and Jameson Crowder. You know, they've and they've got Keelan Cole. they've got four legit receivers, I think that you're right. They're going to be giving up 30, but they're going to be scoring 24. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm going to I'm going to like them as a as an over team. And that kind of extends to you know Corey Davis. Well, his his ADP has really started to pick up after he mm-hmm. had that monster preseason game. Yeah. Uh, but Elijah Moore now looks like the value in the Jets uh, receiver core.
4: Is there anybody that you've drafted yet? First of all, Evan, I forgot to ask the most important question: How many leagues are you in? And B, how many of those are money leagues that you actually care about? Because like everybody does a yeah. throwaway fantasy league just to practice drafting. But um, <laughs> how how many leagues are you in that you really care about?
5: Well, I, I've really down. I used to be in like over a hundred, you know, it was was stupid. Yeah. But I've really, really downsized it to like five really high stakes leagues. Okay. And then, and then, you know, a couple more like quote unquote expert leagues. And, uh, and, um, and my, and my, my home league, which is like with college buddies, college. So I've really, really downgraded the volume because it just got to ridiculous levels. And I, you know, I I used to just never say no to a, a fantasy league, but, I'm getting too old for that. So (laughs) I I, I have five leagues that are $1,900 entries and those are the ones that I'm going to be really focused on.
4: $1,900 entry. And then does a waiver cost money too?
5: No, no. It's like, um, it's like, uh, like, uh, no, no, it it doesn't cost money. You get, you get a thousand bucks in fab, but it's fake money to play with.
4: OK, uh, those sound those are pretty high, high stakes leagues. Uh, have yeah. have you seen a player drafted by someone you respect in one of your leagues yet Yeah. early that you were like, whoa, what does this guy see that I don't see?
5: Well, Mike Clay is one of the best uh, fantasy analysts at ESPN, but he's also yes, but he's okay. also one of the best players. And I, I think because he works at ESPN, he can't do the, these big time high stakes leagues a, as much. Well, he, he probably does them undercover, okay. but, um, but, but he, uh, but every, every league that I'm in with him and I'm in like three leagues with him every year, he finishes at or near the top. He's one, wow. I mean, he has a, a crazy win percentage. So I always pay attention to the draft picks that he makes and he has been willing to take Saquon Barkley ahead of where anybody else has been willing to take him. And I mean, Saquon Barkley is a guy who's been falling to the second round, like pretty consistently, but I've seen, uh, Mike Clay take him as high as like number five overall. And, you know, Mike Clay, I mean, he, you know, he knows Adam Schefter, like he works with these guys, you know, like he, he, and you know, he does a podcast with Stefania Bell, you know, which pertains to Saquon Barkley's injury and rehab. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I, I think he's you know, what he does in drafts, like people should pay attention to that. I certainly do. And, um, you know, that that just kind of raises, yeah. ra- raises your eyebrows when you see a guy that has been falling in drafts and Mike Clay's like, F it, I'm taking him taking top him. five. Okay, I don't so care.
4: so let's talk through this. Okay, this week alone, I believe the Giants made two trades to fortify their offensive line or get some depth, right? Their offensive yeah. line's a mess. Probably, it's not as bad as the Bears, but it's pretty ugly. It's and pretty they bad. Had Kenny Galladay in the off season who, uh, you know, could, is a stretch to field receiver. I don't know. There's so many mouths to feed on that offense. Um, I, I, what, what do you think he could be seeing on Saquon Barkley, who I think just started taking first uh, reps with the first team in the last, like, 10 days, right?
5: Well, like I said, he works with Adam Schefter. <laughs> he does a podcast with Stan, Stefania Bell. I don't know exactly what he's seeing, um, and I, I'm, I'm worried about Saquon Barkley. I haven't been drafting very much Saquon Barkley, um, but you know, again, you, you asked me a trusted guy and, you know, that oh. I would say that Mike Clay is a trustworthy drafter and he's been taking Saquon Barkley a lot.
4: Wow. Uh, let's go to receivers real quick. I, I just, I have a question about Galladay. Um, you know, Jason yeah. Garrett last year was really bad as an offensive coordinator. Danny Dimes yeah. doesn't have time to throw it downfield. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, this Galladay overpay, I love the move getting him. I'm just right. – I haven't seen anything from Danny Dimes in the last two years that says, oh, wow, Kenny Galladay is really going to help him.
5: Um, Kenny Galladay played four games last year, missed all, like almost all of training camp with a mm-hmm. hamstring injury, was not able to build any sort of chemistry or rapport during the preseason in training camp with a quarterback that has been, you know, re- in, in regressing. So I'm not real big on Kenny Galladay right now. I, he's he's on my bust list. the The thing Ooh. is that he started to fall into like the eighth and ninth round. Like everybody's kind of you know anti Kenny Galladay right now. Right. So Uh-oh. if he look if, if he makes it to a uh, if he makes it to a spot in the draft where you know I mean it just becomes ridiculous to not take him because mm-hmm. he's still. He's still likely to lead the Giants in targets and, and air yards. And Evan Ingram now looks like he might start the season on IR. Oh, um, uh, with a calf injury. So, so I mean, Kenny Galladay is now starting to look like a potential value.
4: Hmm. Interesting. Uh, and anyone that you uh, you really like that jumps out that maybe other people aren't on as much. Um. Any position?
5: Uh, I mean, I think that. Uh, I think I've started to uh, warm up to uh, Johnny Smith. Well, just Mm. the the Patriots, uh, you know, moving on from Cam Newton, that's actually good news for pretty much everyone in their offense. Yeah. Uh, You know, especially like James White, like Mac Jones, is going to be a lot more willing to check down to James White. James White, you know, is back in the mix to catch like, 50 or 60 passes and, and be a, a big time factor in PPR. Um, Cam Newton getting out of the way is good for Damian Harris because, uh, you know, Cam Newton was a major goal line vulture. Um, and it's good news for the passing game. When, when they had Cam Newton in there, they played really deliberately and slow on offense. And, and during the preseason, when Mac Jones was in there, they played fast. They played with tempo. I think they're going to run more plays. They're going to be more willing to let Mac Jones drop back to pass 35 times, you know, in a game. You know, they wanted to always limit Cam Newton's pass attempts because he really wasn't an efficient passer. Uh, so I think that that's good. And, and Johnny Smith is a guy that can absolutely benefit from that. He just needs targets because he's a run after catch machine.
4: Um, I, this is a, t- a tough one, Evan, and maybe we'll end on it, but the COVID situation, I don't think it's going to be as prevalent as it was last year. However, there are some quarterbacks who either have said they're not vaccinated or have kind of refused to talk about it. And you have to wonder, do, does that impact at all your strategy? And that would, I guess, have to be Kirk Cousins, Lamar Jackson, Carson Wentz. And we're already seeing Wentz close contact. Um, he may not start the opener.
5: It's uh, it's it's absolutely a concern. Um, I, I don't know exactly how it's going to go down, but you yeah. know I, I was on Vikings overs when they were when their total, when their win total was at eight and a half, and um, and and I'm a little worried about the overs now. I mean, I Kellen Mons, you know, their backup has looked just atrocious during the preseason. I'm I'm not sure what anybody really ever saw in him. I saw him play in college. I was very unimpressed. Um, but you know, if they have to go to Kellen Mond, like that dude is not ready to play. Yeah. So um I, I I'm I'm it's a concern. I, I don't know, you know, what the future holds, but yeah. uh I, I'm concerned about it. Yeah.
4: All right. I, we could wrap up on this one, but every time I look at this NFC picture, like every there seems to be regression coming for the Packers. I'm just curious with your you know, fantasy like are people just gobbling up Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams and Rogers? Yeah. When eh, you see some things on that schedule, and you kind of wonder, like, yeah, I don't know, man, are they regressing? Along with, of course, the Saints, who I think are criminally overrated. But you, I think you're a Jameis yeah. guy, if memory serves.
5: No, <laughs> I, I, I'm really, I'm really hunting of Saints this year. Um, but I, I have their unders, but um. <laughs> But with Green Bay, uh, I'm, I'm just worried about their offensive line right now. Like, yeah. looks like David Bakhtiari Boc- is going to miss the first six games on PUP. Uh-huh. They're starting a rookie center. You know, uh, Billy Turner at right tackle is not great. Um, their, their guards were already not great. And so I, I'm a little worried about their offensive line. Now, Aaron Rodgers can mitigate a lot of that because it gets rid of the ball quickly. But that's that's the big concern, I think, right now is is the O-line. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think they're, I, they're, they're going to be good. I, I I think that they, you know, Aaron Rodgers is not gonna have a 9.1% touchdown rate again, you know, his touchdown, his touchdown rate is going to go down. Um, but I, I I still think they will be pretty good. I mean, they're, you know, they're in a division with the bears don't look very good. The lions look Mm -hmm. awful. And, uh, you know, the Vikings have this issue with, with Kirk cousins that that could come back to bite them. So, um, I think the Packers will be all right.
4: All right. He is Evan Silva. Establish the run. Give him a follow on social media if you want to win your fantasy league. Evan, thanks a lot, man.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal
2: podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny, USA. Play.